1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you did not know that. We're talking about uh, something that's beyond yourself. We're going to keep moving. Last week, we talked about some of the gifts that God gives to people. And remember the difference between natural talents and spiritual gifts. Uh, Natural talents are talents that you are naturally good at. Athletics, maybe. Some of you guys, intellect, some of them, art. Uh, But spiritual gifts are beyond what's natural, and they're now spiritual, and they're being used by believers to influence uh, each other and the kingdom uh, that's an everlasting kingdom, the kingdom of God. So super excited. Uh, Ephesians last week talked about, anybody remember? There were some of them called to be apostles, some prophets, some, where are people that run around and tell everyone about Jesus? Evangelist, and what's the last one? Someone just said it? Pastor teachers, cool. Today, those are like, gosh, those pastor teacher or evangelist or the apostle running around the world starting cool stuff. Like, those sound huge. God's not just doing stuff. Imagine if you, got a, you became a Christian and then you had to get on a plane and fly away. Like, that's just the way it was. You're a Christian, now you have to fly away somewhere and do something huge. Uh, God's as interested in the person that lives next door to you as he is as the person that lives across the ocean from you, Okay. It's very important. God is as interested in influencing the person sitting next to you today as much as he is using to to influence someone down in a totally different country. It's not the location that God is so concerned with. It's people. And if you're around people, God wants to use you to influence them. If they're already believers, to encourage and equip and to pray, do awesome things. If they're not believers, then step one is bringing them into the kingdom, knowing Jesus. So, Today, we're going to look at a bunch of things that God says, these are not natural talents. These are things I'm going to equip you to do uh, spiritually for a spiritual work, that you be part of God's kingdom and do some pretty cool stuff. So you guys ready? You found 1 Corinthians 12? Yeah? Let's pray, okay? Father, we thank you, God, for your goodness. And Lord, I'm just continually brought back to being thankful that Our ability to love you, our ability to serve you is not dependent upon our skills. Lord, that we don't have to be super good public speakers. We don't have to be really crazy, super smart. We don't have to have all the answers. You just ask us to be willing, to be obedient, to take a step of faith rather than live in fear. And so, Lord, I pray that today you would cause us to shed fear, to leave it behind, uh, and to take a little bit of a step of faith today. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. Okay. Uh, Have you guys ever been influenced not to do something because you were too afraid? Yeah? I mean, it could have been literally jump off of a diving board or a high dive into a pool. You guys ever see people chicken out from stuff like that? I remember I was one of the guys like, you you know when your buddy's about to chicken out, what do you do? You either push him or you're like, like, come on, do it, chicken. And you start yelling at them and jump. And, and then you get up there and it's your turn. You're like, oh man, I don't know. And you're either going to give in to fear or you're going to move past it, right? And God says any time, now there's healthy fear, fear of putting your hand into the fire. That's a smart fear. Fear of jumping off the Grand Canyon for no real reason. That's a healthy fear, okay? Um, but look, There are certain things that we should not be afraid of. There are many, many, many things, and in fact, most things we should not be afraid of. Like talking to people. Like, wait, what? 
If I just said, look, I want you just to go knock on your neighbor's door and say hi when you get home, half of you already determined that you're not going to. The other half, when you get home, you're going to chicken out at the front door. Like, come on, knock on the door, say hi. And fear will set in for no reason. You know her. She's an old lady named Granny Smith or something. She likes to serve apples. Like, I don't know. She brings you Christmas cookies, and, look, and yet you're afraid in the moment. And God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear. So you guys need to know this. When it's an irrational fear, meaning it's not about sticking your hand in the fire or falling off the Grand Canyon, when it's an irrational fear, it is not from God, okay? So the number one thing that will stop you from being used by the Lord in tremendously effective ways, I don't mean big ways, I just mean effective ways, influencing your best friend who's struggling through something, influencing your neighbor, talking to your brother, whatever, the number one thing that will slow you down is fear. And the only antidote to fear is faith. Will you trust God in that moment and do it anyways? If it's just to say hi or to knock on a door or to share something with someone that you're unsure of, will you take a step of faith and overcome that fear? Because God says, I've given you a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. Pretty cool. So 1 Corinthians 12. You guys ready? We're going to start in verse 7, read down a little bit, and he just starts listing and rattling off all of these different gifts. And so keep your Bibles in 1 Corinthians, starting in verse 7. It says, but the manifestation, pretty tricky word, just means to be revealing. As God reveals to us, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Remember, it's not about us, it's about other people. Verse 8. For to one or one person is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another person the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. Verse 9, to another faith, the gift of faith by the same Spirit, to another gift of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another person prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all of these things, distributing or giving out to each one individually as He wills. Kind of a cool part. The last part that says the Holy Spirit gives out individually as He wills. Um, you guys have ever gotten like, well, it's like Halloween. You go trick-or-treating, you hold open your bag, someone reaches into a bucket full of like a hundred different things, and you probably don't get what you want, but they pull out some variety of candy and throw it in your bag, Right? You familiar with that? That's not how God works. When it says according to how he wills, there's not like all these different gifts of the spirit that he has and he just kind of like throws them out there like a pinata bursting open and you just rush and grab what you can. It means he very selectively has a calling upon your life, very intentionally gives you the ability to fulfill that calling. No matter what it is, it's very on purpose. But he goes through all these gifts and he lists them. All right, so you're gonna have to look at your Bible today. Uh, starting in verse 8 is where they all start, but here we go. Fill it in for me. What's the first one? For to one is given the word of wisdom. Oh, you guys are good. The word of wisdom. Circle it or underline it in your Bible. The word of wisdom. What are we talking about? Well, what are words? Like, I use them all the time, but I'm not sure what to say right now. What's a word? What does a word do? Something you say, all right, so a word has to be made into an audible sound, good. What is the purpose of words? 
to communicate something, right? It could be something sweet, like I love you or thank you. It could be something informational, like, hey, October 21st can be the best day uh, that ever happened. But words are forms of communication. So he says, look it, I want you, at times, there's the gift of the word of wisdom. Do you guys know what wisdom is? Whether you have it or not, right? Totally up for debate, but wisdom itself, okay, is simply this, broad and full intelligence. God says there's going to be these little moments, if this is your gifting, these little moments where like a little firework goes off in your heart and in your mind, and it makes perfect, broad and full intelligence. Not part, not narrow, but you totally know exactly what's going on. Solutions to problematic situations. Everyone say problematic. I just want to see if you can do it, but... (laughs) Situations of problematic or solutions to problematic situations. There's times something, someone can be going through a difficult situation. Someone maybe uh, doesn't know the right answer or what road to take, what decision to make. Maybe it's a huge thing as what to do with a church decision. And then people are sitting there and they're talking and they're debating and then they're arguing. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, and I've seen this happen, someone just out of nowhere blurts out, or not blurts out, but just says, hey, I know what we should do. And they lay out the answers like, oh, that's exactly the right answer. It's incredible. It is amazing. But here's the deal. It is a word of wisdom. It's not logic. It's not like you went home and read a hundred books and then discovered the truth. It's that God will in the moment show you what the answer to a problem or a dilemma is probably the better way of putting it. God will absolutely spark a thought in your mind to answer a situation or a problem. Does that make sense? Now, here's the deal. I have no doubt that probably some of you guys at times are even sitting in situations with people or with family or even within this room, maybe at times, and there's a moment where you're like, I think I know what we're supposed to do, but you keep your mouth shut. Now, the way you deliver truth, the way you speak on behalf of God needs to be with reverence and respect. And you guys, you all know you're not like 50 years old yet, right? And if you try and tell your mom and dad what to do, how's that going to go? Not so good. If you try and tell your brother or sister what to do, how's that going to go? Not so good. If you try and tell yourself what to do, that typically doesn't go so well either. So being very wise and on purpose, but being able to say, look it, I think I know what we're supposed to do and share the answer. What if it's not from the Lord? then you were wrong. Not a big deal. Remember we talked about t-ball versus the major leagues last week? Look, so everyone starts off swinging at a ball that they can't even hit, so they put it on a rubber tee, and then they barely hit it, and they run off to third base instead of first. They fail over and over again, but we grow. Well, what if I'm not sure? Say it. Don't stand on some huge soapbox like, I have a word from the Lord. Like, okay, now we're going to judge you. But if there is in your heart this idea, I think I know what we're supposed to do. I think I know the answer to this dilemma. God gives his people wisdom from above to handle the situations of our life. So, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of, what's the second one? What is it? Knowledge. Everyone say knowledge. Now, it's still a word of knowledge, okay? It means you got to open your mouth. You got to be willing to say something. Takes a step of faith to overcome a little bit of fear. Now, here's the best way that I can think of to help describe the difference between a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge. Now, these are two different gifts. So, will the same person have both gifts or just one of the gifts? How many of you guys aren't sure? 
Like, I don't know. I think you're trying to trick me. I'm not trying to trick you. Here's the fun thing. God may give you one. God may give you five. God may give you eight. I don't know how many gifts God will put into your life. It depends what you're willing to do with them at times. Um, But sometimes you'll have both. Sometimes you'll have one. But a word of knowledge. This is kind of interesting, okay? Words of knowledge. It means to know something that you didn't previously know. How does that work? That's impossible. What if you woke up today just completely understanding algebra? Like you just got it. <laughs> what? This is amazing. There was an old TV show when I was a kid where the guy was like a genius. He would basically read a book, go to sleep, and wake up like, I'm a doctor. And he would like put on a cloak and go pretend, like save, do heart surgeries and brain surgeries. The next day, he'd be like, I want to be a race car driver. He'd read a book on race car driving, fall asleep, wake up, go win the like race car championship of the world. And it's like, this is not, this doesn't work that way. We know it doesn't work that way. I still can't spell things that like fifth graders know how to spell. I would love to wake up tomorrow knowing how to spell. Like my dreams aren't that big. Come on. But here's the deal. There are times where God will give you understanding about something that you previously had no understanding about. What do you mean? How does he do that? What does it work? It might be a burden, a thought in your mind, like, I think something's wrong between these two people. Why do you think that? You have no reason to think that. But then you go and ask them, hey, are you guys doing okay? And they break down crying. or like, no, we've been fighting and arguing. How did you know that? You didn't, but God did. And so he shows it. He impresses it upon your heart or your mind. There's times, and I want to be very careful about how I share this, but... um, I know it can be like you're sleeping and you wake up and it's like, okay, I don't know who these two people are. We've experienced this within our life. There's someone I know, they woke up one day, they were talking and it was like, hey, I think I need to call my friend. Her friend was married. It's like, I had this crazy dream and these other two people were in it. And she called and she said, hey, I just had a dream about, you know, Margaret and Susie or whatever. I don't remember the names. And immediately the phone was quiet. She's like, hello? Who told you those names? She's like, I, I... I just believe the Lord put it on my heart, and so I figured I'd call and see how you're doing, and I don't know who these people are, but how are you? She said, no, no, no. How did you know those names? I can't tell you the rest of the story, but it was very, very, very important what happened from that point forward. That God, that's not possible. With man, it's not possible, but with God, all things are possible, okay? So if God burdens your heart like, hey, you need to call your friend today. You guys ever have those thoughts? call them. Or you need to, man, my, I don't know. I don't want to theorize it all for you guys. God's moving at your schools. God's moving in your neighborhoods. God's moving in this church. The question is, do you want to be moving with him? And there's times where he'll give you wisdom to know how to handle different situations, dilemmas, or problems, but then knowledge about people and their lives, all right? Now, here's the fun thing about most of the gifts. You don't just turn them on. You're like, I'm going to know about you right now. Like, <laughs> you, don't, you don't get any say in that, okay? It's just something that God does. But, so look at your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 still. Keep looking. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, what's the next one? Faith. Faith. Cool. This one's awesome. Uh, they're all awesome. I don't know why this one's awesome. I think I'm a guy, so it's like, yeah. Faith is awesome uh, for a variety of reasons, but one, you have to understand there's a difference between saving faith and the gift of faith, okay? Saving faith means you come to this point and you're, you can realize you're smart enough to say, 
I think I'm less than perfect. Anybody in here know you're not perfect? Yep. We all fall short, okay? And you realize, uh uh-oh, if I'm not perfect and God says I have to be perfect to get to heaven, I have a problem. I'm a sinner. And what do I do with that? And God says, well, you're going to die. Or Jesus died and he's willing to trade places with you and give you new life. That's what the cross and resurrection is all about. And so if you put your faith, meaning I'm going to trust him so much that when he moves, I move. That when he goes, I go. When he stops, I stop. I let him lead. I put faith in him. Then in that moment, you are saved. That's saving faith. To just trust in Jesus with your whole heart that he died for your sins and rose again from the dead. Then there seems to be this gift of faith placed upon people's lives that is unique. Uh, These are people that just seem to almost be immune to fear. Not that they don't ever feel afraid. Uh, They just don't care. What if it doesn't work? Eh, how's it going to work out? I don't know. Let's just do it anyways. What do you mean, let's just do it anyways? There are people that will just set out like, I'm going to go to Africa and build an orphanage. Like, how are you going to do that? No idea. How are you going to get there? Not sure, but we're going to go. And they take these huge steps like David and Goliath, okay? You have an entire mass army lined up on the side of this mountain, this huge giant who's down there perfectly ready for battle. He says, look it, come on, bring it. And this little weakling last born shepherd boy shows up with a little leather sling, can't even put on armor. He's like, I got him. I got him. Have you ever read David's words? Have you ever read David's words, what he said to Goliath as they were getting ready to battle? I don't know how far away they were. I wish it said, but he was by the brook. He picks up a couple smooth stones. He puts them in his pouch. He gets out his little leather sling. Here's this giant who's over nine feet tall. Standing there like, ha, 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 you come at me, like, and he just starts mocking him. And he says, no, 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 today the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and the birds of the air will pick the flesh from, the, from your body. You're a dead man. Look, go to the biggest guy at your school tomorrow and be like, I'm going to bust you up so bad, the birds are going to eat your carcass, you're going to die. Like, no, you're going to die. Okay, now don't do that. Where does that boldness come from? And if it's at the wrong time, you'll die. See, it's not people who walk around confident, okay? The gift of faith, faith, remember, is not a natural personality, skill, or talent. The gift of faith doesn't fall on people who are just courageous, who are just naturally conceited, who are just always loud. Sometimes it's the smallest guy that God uses in the biggest way. Because he gives him this faith or he just believes God no matter what. No matter what. You find out, oh man, grandma has cancer. Okay. What do you mean, okay? I don't know. God's got it. There's some people that it'll rock them. Other people, it's like, it's going to work out the way God wants. And the gift of faith will be upon their life to do amazing things. Does that make sense? It's very simple. How do people die for their faith? How do you get nailed to a a cross or burned at the stake and not deny Jesus? I think martyrs, people who die for their faith, probably have that gift. That God blesses them in that moment and gifts them with, look, a courageous faith. But uh, by the same spirit to another, the gift of... Now, here's where it gets interesting, to say the least, okay? I mean, I don't know, I think it's all interesting. The fact that God can give you wisdom from above, knowledge about things you don't know about, faith that never fears. This is cool, but... 
the gift of, what's the next one? You guys know? Healings, okay? Boom, by the same Spirit. So it's still God working in all these different ways. Same Spirit, same Spirit, same Spirit. But um, here's where it gets interesting. The gift of healings. Is there an S at the end of healings? Okay, so is this one kind of healing or multiple kinds of healing? Multiple kinds. What do you mean? I'm not real sure. Uh, I've heard it taught, and I think it can be true to some effect, but there's your body, soul, and spirit, right? There's all different parts of you. But that God will work different miraculous powers at different times of full-blown healing. Healing means healing. Healing does not mean half healing, where like your arm was broke and now it's put back together, but only halfway. That'd be weird. Um, You were sick and now you're only like half sick. Like, what is that? When God heals, he heals completely, not partially. It is miraculous. Uh, We're not talking about, does God use medicine? Yes or no? What do you think? Does God allow you to get healed through medicine? Yeah, you guys ever get that pink stuff that tastes like bubblegum? I used to love that stuff. And then one day I realized I hated it. I don't know why I thought I liked it in the beginning. But, um, but God uses medicine. God uses natural wisdom and logic and doctors. But then there's times where God sets in and does things that no one could have ever imagined at all. So the gift of healing. Um, what are you talking about? So Acts chapter 3 is probably the best way to put it, but there's a guy sitting. You guys ever read the book of Acts? Please say yes. Oh my gosh. If you have never seen, read the book of Acts, it's like someone who's never seen Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or whatever else you guys think you like. I don't know. Um, but book of Acts, chapter three, Peter's walking up to the temple. It's the hour to pray. And there's a guy that's been sitting there. Not every, He's sitting there every day. He comes in the morning. Someone drops him off. He's been paralyzed. His legs don't work. Have you guys ever seen someone who's been in a, in a wheelchair for a long time? I mean, years and years. Their legs are very withered and, and skinny and narrow, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? You're like, yeah, it's weird to look. And like, they know they have narrow legs. They're not like, what are you looking? Oh, okay. They know. All right. They know. Now, this guy's been sitting there, withered legs, all shriveled up, and he's been sitting there just asking for money, for handouts. The Bible calls it alms, so whether it's food, maybe it's a new jacket, maybe it's uh, some coins, I don't know. Most likely money. And Peter walks up, and he looks at the guy, no doubt prompted by the Holy Spirit, and the guy's sitting there, and he's like, hey, look at me. He's like, yeah, I don't have any money. You're like, oh, gee, thanks. If a guy's sitting there collecting money, you're like, hey, hey, look at me. Yeah, I don't have any money for you. Okay, thanks. Have a good day. Like, what is, he says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Well, somehow the guy doesn't do it, so Peter takes him by the hand and pulls him up, and his legs immediately receive their strength. And the guy, it says the same words that are used how you would describe a deer jumping through the meadow in a forest. It says this guy was leaping about in the temple. I mean, if you were 30 years old and got brand new legs for the first, you'd never walked, you've never swam, you've never run with your friends, you've never uh, skipped down a flight of stairs, you've ne- nothing. And all of a sudden it's like, this is awesome. And he's leaping about praising God in the temple. Imagine if some guy came running through this room like, woohoo, Jesus is awesome. And ran out the back door like, what just happened? That's exactly what's taking place. He's leaping about, and this means, isn't that the guy that was lame since he was born? He was paralyzed? Can God do that? 
Yes, God, I don't know know about your God, but my God, God of the Bible, he can do that whenever he wants, okay? Um, Does he still do that? At times. Now, what's the reason for these kinds of gifts? These are things sometimes classified as sign gifts, all right, or as an example. Have you ever done something kind of crazy and your friends don't believe you? And so you're like, oh man, I jumped off, you know, I went cliff diving, or I went bungee jumping, or I did something, right? And you're like, oh yeah? Prove it. That's what you say. Prove it. Let me see a picture. Let me see something. Anytime God does miraculous stuff, almost, almost exclusively, almost every time you read about a miraculous healing in the book of Acts, it's because it is there as a prove it or a sign that what these guys are saying is true. That the power of God is backing up the message. So this guy goes jumping through the temple with Peter And what happens next? Peter has a chance to say some things, so he tells him about Jesus, and over 3,000 people are added to the church in one day. So don't think you're just going to walk into a hospital and be like, zap, zing, boom, healed, healed, pow, whack. As God leads, and some of you guys, God may gift. Remember, it's him through you. You're just like, I don't know, the garden hose. The water's just shooting out of it, okay? You're just standing there, and the Holy Spirit's going to do something through your life. But if God, why doesn't God do that more? Because we're not more willing, I think, is probably the number one answer. You want to go somewhere? Are you willing to tell 5,000 people that Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the dead? I don't know. Well, then I don't know. Are we in a place where they don't know God and where that would prove to them that you were, yeah, God's with you? I don't know. Go to South Africa. Go to America. Things are happening all the time. Uh, you guys know about a place called Africa, right? Boom. Specifically, Mali. There's a school that we support there. Actually, I think 100% take care of as a church, but Mali, Africa. Years ago, a friend named Bethany went on a mission trip to Mali, Africa, and they were walking down this dirt street with all these broken down huts, and there's an old lady sitting out there. Her hand, much like a withered legs would be, her hand was shriveled up and just contorted, and, and I don't know if it got ran over by something. I don't know if she had a disease, but it was messed up, and she came back, and she was like, I saw it. I'm like, you saw what? <laughs> and if your friend came over and he's like, I saw it, you're like, movie, best pizza you'd ever seen in your life. What are you talking about? She said, no, no, no. I, I saw, and she said they were sitting there and they were sharing the gospel with her and they prayed and her hand just immediately unfolded like it had never been broken ever. Does God do that still? Yes. Why, doesn't, why don't we see that more? Maybe we're not in a position to see it more. How do you know if God's going to do something like that in your life? It won't be you wondering, should I do this? Should I not do this? I think I'm going to try. I'm going to try it. It'll be this thing that if, you know, if I don't go to this person right now, I'm actually sinning against God. You'll know you're supposed to do it. You'll have, you'll be, have fear, but you won't have doubt. You'll have fear, but you will not have doubt. And so in a step of faith, God will use you to heal and to preach the gospel. Okay. Um, now, does that make sense? Good. Okay. Where are we at on time? Oh, we're flying. Cool. To another, next verse, uh, probably like verse 9 maybe, maybe 10. To another, the working of miracles. Okay? So the working of miracles. I will circle or underline this one in your Bible. Um, to be honest, it's very difficult to find great examples of this. I don't have any fun, cool stories for you. But when you think of miracles, the word itself, it means a miraculous power 
uh, to bring change or influence, much like when Jesus only had a few fish and all the loaves of bread and 5,000 people to take care of, and somehow it miraculously, he had miraculous power to do that, to multiply it. It's that idea uh, to influence or to bring change. Again, it's just like the gift of healings. It's one of those sign gifts, all right? Um, Look, you may be somewhere and it's like, oh my gosh, Lord, we need food. And you wake up and all of a sudden there's a hundred watermelons growing out your front door or something. I, I don't know. I, but can that, that can't happen. You're right, it can't unless a miraculous power takes place. But God will cause there to be at times, uh, look, is this God's provision? Is it a miracle? I know one story. I guess it'd be more of just God's provision. But there's a guy down in South America, I think Brazil, but I could be wrong, a missionary. And they have this little missions car down there. It's been there for like, ever, 20 years, it finally breaks down. It's a 1987, like, Honda something-something. I don't know. And he needs, like, this new part. Where on earth, in a rainforest in Brazil, do you get this specific part for a 1987 Honda something-something? You don't. And then the next day, this guy comes walking down the street, and he's like, hey, I got this 1980-something-something car back at my place. Do you guys need anything? Can I have that one piece? Sure. So they, I think they trade like a chicken for a car part or something. Fixes it. Car keeps running. How does God do that? It's like he knows things. It's like he's God. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think we limit God so much. What can God not do? The only thing, God, the only thing that God will not do is pardon sin unless payment is made. Meaning... If you've sinned, your sin will be punished. He will never let that sin... You can go free, but your sin cannot. The only way you could go free is if someone else dies in your place. That's what the message of the cross is all about. Okay? That makes sense? The one thing God cannot do is let sin go unpunished. Outside of that, there's not much God can't do. It's what we want to see Him do. To another, the working of miracles. To another, what is it? Look in your Bibles. Prophecy. Okay, we're not going to hit this hard. We hit it last week. But to speak the heart and mind of God into a future situation, or a current or future situation. To another, we're almost done. To another, discerning of spirits. Now here's where people get all freaky. Okay, gets interesting to say the least. Um... Discerning of spirits. What are you talking about? Have you guys ever heard the word discernment? Yeah? Okay. How many of you guys are like, not real sure about discernment? Okay, if you're a born-again believer, every one of us are called to live with discernment. To discern anything, it means to rightly divide it. Have you ever had to split like a piece of pizza or the last piece of pie with your brother or sister? And then there's always whoever, if you cut it, then I get to pick which one I want. Why? Because you're like, you're sure it's going to be a little bit lopsided one way or the other, and you want the bigger piece. To discern something means it's perfectly cut right down between the two, and there's no right on the wrong side or wrong on the right side. It's perfectly divided or discerned, okay? So in our lives as believers, we all have a certain level of discernment. The book of Hebrews chapter 4 tells us this. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, like what you would need to cut a cake or something, 
piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit, of the joints and the marrow, and as a, here's the word, discerner, or perfectly divides our thoughts and the intents of our heart. So if you have the Bible in your life, God will perfectly show you what's right and what's wrong for your life personally. It's amazing. Why do people get their personal lives messed up? Because they don't let God in with the word. Uh, Secondly, though, Philippians chapter 1, verse 9, says, And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all, what's the word? Discernment. That even our love would be a discerning love. We don't just love for everyone, love. and just it, That's weird that you would love with wisdom. Uh, the last one, Hebrews 5.14. This is awesome, but solid food belongs to those who are full age. It means if you're mature, you can handle this. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised, you've been practicing this, to discern both good and evil. So a mature believer doesn't just believe everything they're told, they're not just love for everyone, but they're wise and able to know what's right from what's wrong. So then what's, if that's discernment, what's the gift of discernment? There isn't one. But you just, you just said there is one. No, 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 I didn't. To discerning of what? Spirits. This is not just plain discernment. This is the discerning of spirits. What are you talking about? I think we forget or maybe fail to realize, the Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers of darkness. That Satan and demons are roaming about, doing what they do best. And then there's a the spirit of a man. It means your personality, your motives, your thoughts, who you are, and why you do what you do. And God says, I'm going to give some people insight into their motives and their reasons, their rights from their wrongs. And they're gonna, they may not know why that person doesn't belong here, but they will know something's wrong. If God begins to reveal to you, that doesn't mean go trash talk the person. You don't need to make some foil hat with antennas and be like, who's the bad guy, right? You live your life, you love doing what you do, and you're walking through a room and you're like, hey guys, what's up? Whoa. Hmm. 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 Hey Tom, good to meet you. And for some reason you just Something off in your, not even with him, he looks fine. There's something off in your soul, in your spirit. The Lord is showing you discernment. What is it? If he wants you to know, he will show you, either then or later. If he doesn't, he doesn't have to show you. But the whole thing is beware of that person. Yes. Okay, awesome. Can you share it loud? Okay. Okay. Okay, so look, here's the deal. And I can tell you, I've experienced this in my life. There's times where someone wants to do something and you have to be like, no. Why not? I don't know. Then let me be a part of it. No. Is there something wrong with me? I don't know. Why can't I come? I don't know. 
Can I come then? No. Okay. I've, I've rejected that voice, the voice of God, and I've learned not to. Because you will pay every... But look at the cute little wolf. He just wants to play with the lambs. Oh, no. no. Why not? I don't know. Just no. All right? So again, you don't have to walk around like, who's it going to be? You don't sense it out. It's just, it hits you like slipping on ice or tri- tripping on a crack. You're like, oh, what? where'd that come from? Listen to it. All right? Uh, last one. To another, well, there are two, but we're going to put them in the same group, all right? Even though they're totally different. To another, different kinds of what and what? Tongues, all right? Tongues and the interpretation of tongues. What you talking about? Well, here's what I'm talking about, okay? That God will give some people at some times the ability to communicate in a language that they don't know. Imagine waking up tomorrow knowing Spanish perfectly. Kick it up a notch. Knowing Portuguese or Arabic or Chinese, right? I can't even pretend to know Chinese. All right? Like, no, God doesn't do that. And this is an interesting idea. I remember Pastor Jack just brought this up years ago, but this is, Paul, this is everywhere Paul went on his journey. Paul went all over the place. One dude, the Apostle Paul, where did he go? Well, places like, let me read this off to you, Thessalonica, Antioch, uh, Syria, uh, Appy, whatever, Rome, Syracuse, Troas, Cyprus, Cilicia, Salamis, Paphos, Derby, Lystra, Fairhaven, which is a port in Crete, Iconium, and like six or seven others I can't pronounce, so I'm not reading them. How did he travel the world and tell the same people the same message in different languages? Oh, I don't know. Maybe God gave him the ability to speak. God can't. Here's the thing. God can't do that. You ever hear the Tower of Babel? They were all speaking one language, and God's like, not anymore. Bing! And now there's like all these different languages, and they're confused. Why can't God just reverse engineer that for a moment? Why can't he do that? Doesn't he create us? He told Moses, hey, what, who are you? I made the mouth to, to speak, the ear to hear. I can, I can cause you to do whatever I want. Perfect story. My wife, Rochelle, loves missions, believes in it wholeheartedly. Went down to Mexico when she was in high school sharing the gospel with a bunch of people. Here's the problem. Her interpreter or translator wasn't there to, you know how a translator works? Like if you speak English and I speak Spanish, he knows both languages. And so if you talk, then he'll tell it to me in my language. And I talk, and then he tells it to you in your language. And you use that person to go back and forth. Kind of like an awesome version of a dictionary. Here's the deal. Rochelle's like, I don't know, but I know I'm supposed to share the gospel with this person. So she just starts sharing the gospel with this guy who only speaks Spanish. The guy and her have this awesome long conversation in Spanish. Problem is, my wife doesn't know Spanish. Does she know it now? No, because the moment's over, and so it's over. But it was a moment in which God moved and did something beyond a natural talent and was a spiritual gift. Why don't I see that today? I don't know. Have a plane drop you off in the middle of Brazil and see what happens. Will it happen? Maybe. Will it not? I don't know. Did he give you the gift? God does different things at different times. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Awesome. So, yeah. Do Swedish people speak Swiss? Dutch? You don't speak Dutch. You speak Dutch? Dutch is the name of a language? You speak the Dutch. I don't know. 
you're not Dutch, well, I guess you just ain't much. So, um, but here we go. Look at, now not all. This is what you got to walk away with, okay? 1 Corinthians 12.30, look at your Bibles. Do all, it says, do all have the gift of healing? What, what do you think the answer is? Do all have the gift of healing? No, okay? Do all speak with tongues? Sorry, multiple languages. Do all? Yes or no? Does God gift everyone the same way? No. So read it again. Do all have the gift of healings? What do you think? No. The answer is no. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? Can all understand other languages? No. Does that mean no one does? Absolutely not. That God moves at different times through different people. Here's the moral of the story, okay? 12-7. We read it in the beginning. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Kevin, you can come on out. We're going to close in some worship today. But look, if you didn't memorize what words of wisdom were versus words of knowledge, you're like, I don't remember which one means what. Like, that's fine. I mean, grow, learn, strive to understand. Discerning of Spirit, all this cool stuff that God gives us. But if you walk out of your unaware that God wants to do something, right, Hector? Hector. There's times you guys go to school, you guys walk down the street, you go into Starbucks or McDonald's, you come to church. Guys, God wants to do something through your life. Period. There's no like, well, there's no loopholes. There's no like, well, what about and what? You qualify. If you're a born-again believer, he is not only desiring to use you, he has gifted you to use you in his kingdom, to influence people, to encourage the people around you, or to draw them closer to Jesus. The question is, will you be used? God will allow you to be used as much as you want to be. Take a step of faith. If you have this wild idea someday, do it. If you're sitting with a friend and you think you know what the answer is, say it. If you have a way to encourage someone or you know you're supposed to call someone and talk, do it. As the Lord prompts in your heart to do something, do it. If it brings him honor, brings him glory, and brings people to Jesus, just do it. The only antidote to faith, or fear is faith, right? Let's pray. God, oh, we'll talk after, all right? There you go. Father, we thank you. And we could sit and talk and theorize all day long. There's a point where we're expected to live it out. In the last couple of weeks and the things that we've learned today, God, would you bring us to a point of just kind of being tired of boring Christianity? of just showing up at church and going home and never seeing anything happen in our lives. Lord, would you cause there to be a a divine discontentment just to sit and focus on ourselves. Lord, that you'd give us just a new and fresh desire to see the lost saved. God, as awkward and difficult and fearful as it is, Lord, that we'd give a new or maybe a first-time desire to just bring comfort to those who maybe are mourning. 
God, that you give us wisdom and knowledge and insight. Father, if you send these youth to faraway countries or into situations that seem impossible, Lord, would you gift them? Lord, those that are facing crazy situations, would you have grace upon their lives? We worship you in Jesus' name.